0: Hello, welcome to Spotlight, blasting away the noise of TT with the calm of artistic loveliness. Spotlight, brought to you by the Isle of Man Arts Council. This evening, we continue our walk around the 37 and three quarters exhibition at the House of Mananum with artist Rachel Clegg. Hear about a new poetry project, Dreek Planet Isle of Man. and finish our chat with the big purple helmet himself, Derry Kizik, as his new book hits the shelves. Remember, do get in touch with any creative, artistic endeavours you may be involved in, planning, hoping to create, or would really like to put in that Spotlight. Poetic, visual, theatrical, musical, all the rest of it. Just email me, spotlight at maxradio.com or Kane at maxradio.com. So, here we are, the second of our little TT specials, with a bit of poetry as well, so we don't lose touch with reality. So, let's race back to the house of Manana to meet up with artist Rachel Clegg again, as we enjoyed a sneaky peek she was still setting up when we spoke to her, of her exhibition 37 and three quarters. Yes. And I like this one next door. We just go around the pillar here as well. I was just looking at this one. This one's great with the actual sort of freeze frame from Laurel Bank, again, just up the road again, or down the road from uh, from Cronkovady again. In the early days of the TT, uh, says the great red sign by the side there, motorcycle engines constructed from iron and relied on air cooling. Inevitably, after the sharp ascent through Glen Helen, the machines would often overheat then the rex motorcycle company had a solution rex persuaded a lady living in a cottage near laurel bank it's another great story this to leave a pail of water outside for rex riders to pour over their engines this was a water cooled engine in its crudest form I wonder how they stopped the other non rex riders sort of using the bucket <laughs>
1: yeah, that's a good point never thought about that yeah was she guarding the bucket the lady with yeah um, it's interesting, my, um, my mum is actually just out of this shot. My mum is the water thrower. Oh! So, um, yeah, and that's, I mean, technically, um, oh, I was so proud of Ian, the photographer, to, for capturing that shot because we only had enough water for two takes. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it To just get a free swim with the
0: water, just all the droplets that's just frozen there, was it warmed water? It
1: was a. It was a wonderfully hot day, so yes, it wasn't warm to start with, but it was, the sun had warmed it up, so uh, yeah, it wasn't actually, it looks more painful than it was, it was actually quite nice.
0: It's a great picture, you've got to come down and see it, and of course this exhibition down at the House of Man and throughout uh, the TT period, you can come and uh, check it out. Do you need special permission to get onto the coast to do these pictures? Um, or do you have to go out at the crack of dawn? Or? Crack
1: of dawn, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I d- it's like four o'clock in the morning sort of times um, before sort of the general public, here. Uh, Riding around or driving around, yeah. so we, we we keep it pretty pretty low key as possible.
0: Terrific! And just looking behind, because when I came in, you were working on something a bit different here. So tell us about these works down at the far end of the exhibition here. You're working on.
1: Well, this is like this is TT geekiness to a whole new level. Um, if you think the calendar stories are geeky, this is. These are um, I've captured various sounds of various sort of milestone moments in the TT's history, some of, w- some of which have been are from the Sound Stories record series, which were recorded in the 1960s. So that one there is the sound of Mark Hale's Honda 6 going through Sulby. Wow. And you can actually sort of read the waveform. You can you can actually see where it accelerates and where it's going flat out by the, the thickness of the sound form. This is Michael Dunlop's sub-17 minute lap in 2016. This one over here is hot off the press. In fact, it might even still be a bit wet. It's um, Peter Hickman's outright lap record, fastest ever lap around the TT ever. And that's him going through Ramsey. And you can see when the band go. I mean, you don't know about this because you're a radio Yeah, band. well, I do. Now that you say um, it, I
0: recognise them as the waveforms. But yeah. yes, it didn't strike me instantly until you started telling the story. And now I think,
1: oh, of course, that's what they are. So yeah, and, um, and you can see how, you can pretty much pick out the Ramsey hairpin corner, can't you, in, in that section where you it gears right down to third gear. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah, so and that's um so these are this is like a, a suite of Soundwave oil paintings. Uh there's one more to come, another Hickman. Uh Hickman's going through Kurt Michael. That's gonna that's being framed as we speak. Um, and where so, did the inspiration
0: for these come from?
1: I honestly don't, I've have always painted for a hobby. And um I actually I think the first one I did was a classical song Ave Maria. Um and then I thought oh hang on we can apply this to something factual about the TT Mm. and actually you can read information from it as well so it came I, i started doing these about 20 years ago um, and I don't know where the I actually don't know what the answer to that is. I don't know where the idea came from. Just it's a nice excuse to put paint on canvas, which is a nice thing to do, isn't it? It's, so yeah, so it's a yeah. bit different
0: from your sort of your normal stuff with working with the photography. It's actually painting as well, and so you got both in this exhibition.
1: Yeah, it's nice, and it's nice to see them all lined up, these paintings. So yeah, and it brightens it up a bit, doesn't it? It's, it does.
0: Yeah. So when's the exhibition open? Saturday. Lovely. And then it's on throughout That's the TT period. If you're still finished, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't touch them in case they're wet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: warning for people who come, wear blue. (laughs) We've
0: got your stand at the back of the the grandstand?
1: grandstand. Yeah, I'm at the grandstand as well. I'm there for the entire TT. Uh, Right smack bang behind the grandstand, near the public toilets. Conveniences, you see. (laughs) If you need a wee, pop in. (laughs) Don't have a wee in the the tent though. Don't have a wee in my tent.
0: (laughs) Rachel's exhibition, which celebrates the history of the TT on the Isle of Man with these amazing and surreal pictures. Is showing until the twenty-fifth of June at the House of Manana. It's absolutely free. It's well worth the visit. Look forward to seeing her again. Spotlight brought to you by the Isle of Man Arts Council. Now, if you're a closet poet and you fancy becoming a published one, listen up. A new project is aiming to celebrate the Isle of Man in verse in whichever way you please, and submissions are being invited from poets everywhere, whether well-established or new to the art. The project's called Drík Planet, Isle of Man. To find out more, I spoke to poet and editor of Manx Reflections, Hazel Teer, and fifth Manx Bard, Annie Kizik.
2: um or as we would say in Manx, drí, <laughs> is actually a word used generically to describe, well, perhaps all sorts of rather miserable weather, something damp. However, um, in terms of this uh, poetry call, uh, Dreech is the name of uh, a publishing uh, organisation run by uh, Jack Caradoc in Scotland um, and uh, under that Drich title they publish all kinds of poetry which is very well regarded in the poetry world uh, across the world really and um, Jack contacted David Callan, a well-known Manx poet, mm. um, he knows David well because David, of course, is, is a prolific poet and pretty widely published, not just on the island. And Drich published David's own Manx pamphlet, um, or chapbook as they call them, always, a couple of years ago. So Jack asked David whether he thought there would be sufficient interest in the island, sufficient um number of poets who would be able to contribute to a Manx version of a new series called Driech Planet. The first of which came out, uh, I think it was a few months ago, and it was called Driech Planet India. So we go from India to the Isle of Man. So David, um, David had, had a word with me uh, as another poet and with Hazel. And we thought, well, we, we, we can find out, do we have, um, do we have sufficient poets of, of sufficient quality? And mm-hmm. we, we, we hope, we, we think we do, and we hope, <laughs> we hope we do. So basically, we're having a call um, for submissions of poetry. It's not a competition uh, for a Drich Planet Isle of Man edition.
0: Terrific. So, where do you fit in then, Hazel, this, with with your uh, poetry society hat on, as it were?
3: Um, mainly, although uh, you know, I'm also a poet in my own right mm-hmm. and uh, have been be, been involved in various projects on the island, uh, such as starting the Open Mic Nights. Um, but yes, my uh, uh, David was hoping that uh, we could publicise this project through the Isle of Man Poetry Society, because of course, we have plenty of poets in it. And um, the publication that I edit for the Poetry Society comes out twice a year. It's called Manx Reflections. And uh, so we have put in to the next edition, which comes out in June, uh, a page advert about this project. And we are hoping that the Isle of Man Poetry members will uh, take the opportunity uh, to become involved in this project and send us submissions. Uh, Bethany de la Runciman, who uh, is the chairperson of the Poetry Society, has very kindly agreed to collect the uh, submissions in because uh, they're going to be judged anonymously by David, Annie, and myself. So obviously, we can't collect them in. So Bethany's going to make them anonymous and then send the submissions to us. Uh, so that we can, uh, say, judge them fairly, and um, so this is all. This will all be in Manx reflections, uh, but it will also be in other places. Annie's done some posters that we hope to get out Excellent. soon to libraries and other such institutions. But um, I think Annie would like to come in maybe and just say where where people can also have a contact online. Um, if, you know, they can't find the information anywhere else. So I shall hand you to Annie. Okay. <laughs> well,
2: yeah, yes, Manx Radio is, 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 is the first uh, place where we're mentioning this, um, but we hope to have, we will have posters and whatever out in the sort of libraries. But if anybody um, is interested in submitting You can submit up to three poems uh, for this project. The full details of how to do that, you could contact me on Annie Kiswick Poetry on Facebook page and I can send you the the details of this. And like all, it's not a competition, but like all calls for um, poetry, there are a number of things you need to bear in mind. Uh, Obviously, the poem in some way, has to have some sort of connection the earth, with the Isle I of Man, otherwise, <laughs> I'm afraid it's not really fulfilling the remit. Um, there's also length uh, considerations—thirty lines, no more. That's because the, the the actual books that are produced are are A five, um, quite mm-hmm. quite small. Um, and yeah so you can find out about more about that from me Annie Kisick poetry on facebook uh, watch out uh, or generally on facebook we're hoping people will pass the message on send out adverts not just to people in the Alaman poetry society uh, there are many people who are not even some people who are no longer living on the island but have certainly got a connection in some way and we know right so we hope word will get round we've got quite a bit of time haven't we Hazel
3: oh yes we have uh, the closing date is July the 16th Um, so that was kind of decided because um, the Poetry Society publication doesn't come out until mid June so it gives people a good month to get their work in it's all free, there's no entry fee uh, you just literally submit uh, as you do to other you know magazines and things Uh, so that's it really and it's with, you know, if you want the information then we can provide all that and we aim to be as helpful as possible to get as many people involved as possible hopefully
0: so terrific so it's, it's an open house then you don't need to be a member of the society or nope. anything else you don't need to be a published poet already it's nope. a, maybe a chance if you are a I was going to say a closet poet, but perhaps someone who doesn't normally sort of push their stuff out might be a chance to get something uh, published for the first time ever. Maybe and actually, uh, other mm-hmm. people see it and read it. Uh, with regard to the actual sort of, as you said, obviously the poem or your poetry has to have some connection to the Isle of Man, otherwise it would be a little bit out of place in there. But one called "Planet" Greek Planet" Isle <laughs> of Man. Uh, but it, it, the style-wise, there's no particular restrictions. It can be sort of any different, any type of style, or whether it's sort of mm-hmm. lighter hearted or much more from the from the heart, or, or sort of, you know, a heavier piece, mm. anything goes.
2: we well, we'll welcome mm. uh, all, all. I just, and I have to say, when I mentioned drink itself, means sort of miserable. <laughs> we're not. I think it might be ironic. <laughs> we, you can, uh, any mode, any mood, be very oh, welcome. And
3: when we say connection to the Isle of Man, mm. you don't have to. It doesn't have to be, obvi- you know, you don't have to name somewhere and write about it. Uh, there have been other projects like that. Um, oh, and also, it doesn't matter if the poem's been published before, right? So it's uh, something yeah, you don't because have to write there have been piece. other, pro- you know, other projects that where poems about the Isle of Man have been published, but it can be uh, just an inspiration. You know, if you were somewhere on the Isle of Man and it inspired the poem that you wrote, mm. it can be that, loosely speaking, as long as there's some, you know, sort of connection uh, with the island along the line somewhere.
0: (laughs) Terrific. Well, it sounds a great idea. It's a chance, as I say, to get your poetry, maybe, if you've got a poem, if you submit it and it's chosen. (laughs) As you say, uh, then you might get published for the first time if you've never got your poetry out there before and uh, to a much wider audience. Uh, as you heard Annie say, you can uh, send submissions to uh, Bethany at magstcat.org.uk. Plenty of time to think about it. Uh, 16th of July is the closing date, and remember that there's no more than 30 lines each. But you'll probably see the posters. You can contact Annie, as she said, if you want some more details. Uh, get your thinking caps on, and let's hope, uh, yeah, let's hope we see dreams planet Isle of Man. Do we know once it's of all the submissions are in do we know what a sort of proposed publication date would be? Would it be something which will come out this year? Would it be next year? Or uh, is that sort of in the lap of the gods?
2: I think it, that is in the lap of, of, of <laughs> the gods. However yeah. you will be in, in informed if you've been successful yeah. by we're what not, date
3: is? Uh, 31st of August so, so we're not giving a, a definite date we're not saying yeah. you will be informed yeah. on blah blah date. Uh, it'll be before if you haven't heard before the 31st of August, then you know you probably haven't been successful.
0: Sounds great, doesn't it? Plenty of times to get your creative juices flowing. there's no charge to enter, but do remember that maximum of 30 lines you can get more details from Annie via Facebook. To finish off today, the second part of our chat with the man, who's one of the best known characters associated with the TT over the years, the inimitable. Derry Kizik, the mastermind behind the Purple Helmets for all those years and, of course, commentator for a lot of their madcap antics. Whilst the Helmets are officially no more, Derry has immortalised them in print with his new book telling the history of the group and profiling all of its members over the years. And he reminded me that the Helmets have been about more than
4: just the bonkers entertainment. We've done donations for charity and things. And in fact, any proceeds from this book... Over and above, um, the costs are to be split equally between the, the hospice uh Man Hospice and the, the Queen's Pier and Ramsey, like a last gesture of um, charity work. As uh, Smashy and Nicey would say, there's a lot of work for charity, mate. Absolutely right. And so it is a wonderful book. We've got a copy in
0: front of us here, like I said. At speeds, ho- approaching 100 miles an hour. It's in hardback, it's in full colour, it's like a proper a sort of four annual size and uh, with a lovely hardcover and we were just saying an amazing wraparound picture which actually starts on the front cover. If you turn the book over in your hands, it goes round the spine and right round to the back cover with all the boys in uh, on the uh, Hondas, I think, on the bikes, wearing the coats, wearing their world-famous helmets, of course, right the way around. Uh, A really classic picture of that one. Who took that one? Is that uh, the one on the front cover?
4: Well, one of the lads, Andy Walton, uh, one of the main men in the helmets, the Great Waldo, we call him. His wife, his lovely wife, uh, took that picture. That's a brilliant one, isn't it? Uh, yeah. And I suppose again,
0: you, you were saying it, it was all about fun—a group of guys having a good time, entertaining others as well, often raising thousands for really, really good causes. And as you say, a little parting gesture with with the book as well, with the raising money for good causes, and that one as as well. But it was a mix of sort of complete bonkersness uh, and sort of silliness, but with actually a bit of that daredevil attitude as well all the time
4: <laughs> hell hath no fury <laughs> oh yes very much so it's um well it's clever really because uh, i always likened it in the commentary to uh, les dawson playing the piano badly because you had to be very good to make it bad yeah yep because um bad's bad but this is um well, it's good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's yep. good, bad.
0: You have to know exactly what you're doing in order yeah. to make it bad and make sure it's yeah. safe as well, of course, I suppose.
4: Well, safety. We've had lots of broken bones over the years. and I think the kids thought we were indestructible because when somebody hit the ground, they just laugh. And Often it was a broken leg or a collarbone or something like that. But uh, the show must go on. <laughs> well, it did do. It did do. For an awfully long time, and I didn't realise just flipping through it. Steve Hislop was an early Hisy was one of the original guys. Well, well, the the second wave of us really, and uh, he was a great character. I've still got his coat actually, and it says Hisy inside it, and um, I always know which coat is his because he had a battery in his pocket, and the acidette through the bottom of his <laughs> coat, uh, through the pocket of his coat, and he lost the battery, so. Uh, he was some boy, he was hissy, and he, he wasn't too sure about Manx beer. So <laughs> one of the T-shirts is actually named after him, and it says, um, it says on the back of it, Ale, it's no as bad as you think. <laughs> because he was offered a pint of beer, and he said, oh, I don't not drink much, you see. So they said, try it, hissy. So he had his mouth full. He says, it's no as bad as you think. And that's on, actually on one of our shirts, which... I'm envisaging years to come will be quite collectible. It'll be a collector's item. Uh, yeah. And the coats themselves, because they all look identical.
0: Did, did everyone have their own coat then? Or oh, it... you had to have your own coat yeah, yeah. because of the
4: smell. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, no there, was, that. there was a good story about the coats one night up at Government House when uh, Ian McFadgen was the governor, great friend of ours. He brought um, uh, Prince William. As a young man, I think Prince William was about 20 or 21, maybe, uh, and we did a show for him. Well, I think the picture is in the book, actually, with, with William, wearing one of our coats. Well, it came about that uh, our guys had been out on the tracks all day through the mud and muck and whatever, and uh, Robbo, one of our great guys who lives in Carnforth, actually, he uh, he was there with his coat on, a very old coat and a smelly one, in fact he, he's known as the polecat for, for obvious reasons <laughs> and uh, he uh, I said to Prince William I bet you'd like to try on one of these coats your highness and he said no oh, rather so uh, Robbo one of the first most generous of the helmets whipped his coat off and he swapped coats with the prince for his blue Savile Row jacket <coughs> and not only did the prince put his coat on but he put the prince's coat on and he ripped through rooted through the pockets and he was heard to say uh, there's not much in your pockets your highness and to which william's security men looked quite anxious at the time but um to no avail ian mcfadgen told me later that um when he sat down to lunch uh, to, uh, to his evening dinner he had to sniff his armpits mm. and he said th- with his blue savile Row jacket and I don't know whether it ever got burnt afterwards, because um, he was quite conscious of the polecat effect on his jacket. <laughs> oh, dear, you can't make that stuff up, can you? You can not. I it could you. only happen here.
0: And actually, the foreword, who looked at the front of the book there, the foreword is written by the current uh, Lieutenant Governor,
4: also a great fan, of John Lorimer. In, indeed, yes, we've made inroads into Government House <laughs> on many occasions. And... Um, uh, in fact, I've probably lost count to how many times we performed up there, and it was always um, top secret. We were never allowed to know who we were going to perform for because of security reasons, and it all had to go through the police and one thing and another. Especially when William came, they had security guards everywhere. And it was uh, it was quite some night actually, and uh, we we've had wonderful times with it, and. Um, so to initiate the new governor, John Lorimer, um, we offered him a night's entertainment and, to which he jumped uh, enthusiastically. And I think it was last TT week, actually. And uh, we've become great friends ever since.
0: And he said, you can tell you're a friend here because he says a quick word about the author. There is only one Derry Kiswick. And for that, we should be
4: truly grateful. <laughs> I didn't quite know how to take that. <laughs> it was kind of a negative comment, a compliment, wasn't it? Uh, yes. Oh, yes. Wonderful stuff. Uh, so, uh, do you miss it already? Do you miss it already? Oh, yes. Well, we, we still meet up as friends, obviously, but um, we will miss it. And I'm sure the TT fans will, will find a big hole in the entertainment of the TT mm. when the helmets aren't actually there you never know, they may they may feel a pyramid coming on somewhere in the car park in a pub locally. I don't know. I uh, can't speak for the individuals, but uh, they may just um, feel a show coming on. I can't uh, I can't promise you that. You
0: never know. Well, it's a wonderful looking book. Great credit to you. It's uh, coming out.
4: Where where can people get their
0: hands on a copy? Then if they want well, to get it, a...
4: it's in all good bookshops, Bridge Bookshop, Port Air. and, and Bridge... rubbish ones as well. Well. <laughs> It's at various places, there's in the, in the mainly in the bookshops, uh, Duke Video, mm-hmm. Duke, Duke Marketing, the the book company in Castle Street. Um, I think um, Emma has got some at uh, the Talk of the Town, uh, the restaurant, and uh, there's some up at the Victory Cafe. In fact, look out for them because um, this first batch is going to be sold out very near in the very near future. But I have to say how I am proud of it, to be honest.
0: At speeds approaching 100 miles an hour is available now in all good bookshops and, as they say, some of the rubbish ones. That's about it for this week. Don't forget, if you want to hear anything again, go to maxradio.com, download the Spotlight podcast, listen where and when you want. Why not try it whilst relaxing at the back with a small iced cup of Fimto? See you next week. Look after yourselves and whatever you're doing, be creative about it. Cheerio.